As 2020 came to a close, the biggest trucking story of that year was no doubt COVID-19 and the effects it had on the industry. But as 2021 is coming to an end, trucking has now had more than 20 months of figuring out how to deal with this pandemic. What's different when compared to last year is that's led to new trends developing in the trucking industry, and their effects will be seen into 2022 and beyond. Welcome to the Eyes on the Road podcast presented by Prepass Safety Alliance, the provider of Prepass Way Station bypass and toll payment services. Prepass also includes informed software for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. Online at prepass.com. I'm Evan Lockridge, and it's good to have you here. As each year comes to a close, a lot of people in trucking like to get out their crystal balls and forecast what's going to happen next year. The problem is that a lot of these predictions aren't much more than guesswork. To know what's more likely to happen, you have to look for trends. In other words, what has significantly happened this year that's expected to continue and grow as we get into 2022 and beyond? Here to talk about three of them is Deborah Lockridge, Editor-in-Chief with Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and TruckingInfo.com. It's good to have you back on Eyes on the Road. It's good to be back here. Well, before we talk about these three trends that are a part of this story that just came out in your magazine and on your website, I'd like to know how you determined what these trends are in trucking. Well, Evan, this is an annual feature we're doing. We call it Newsmaker of the Year. And we basically go back through the year and try to pick out the top person or trend or event or news that was really most significant to the industry. And we do that through a combination of things. We look back at our, our web stats on Trucking Info to see what really was most popular. We get input from our editorial advisory board, and we just use our editor's insights. We get together and talk about um, from our coverage through the year, what we felt was the most significant. All right, well, let's talk about these in no particular order, with the first being supply chain challenges. First of all, why have there been supply chain challenges this year, and why is this on your list of one of the growing trends in trucking? Well, before the pandemic, I think probably most people who weren't involved in logistics really had never even heard the term supply chain. Obviously, we've seen the past uh, you know 18 months now it's become a national media uh, issue, people talking about the supply chain, worrying about getting their Christmas presents. It was triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic and the huge surge in consumer spending that we saw, uh, especially on goods, because people couldn't buy services anymore. So they're spending that money on stuff that has to get through the supply chain, has to be manufactured, has to be shipped, has to be delivered. Um, the problem is, you asked why it's um, long-term issue, the pandemic just exposed weaknesses in the supply chain. They were already there, um, relying so much on goods and raw materials and parts that are produced overseas. The whole just-in-time concept of trucks delivering parts to factories and to Walmarts and stuff you know, in a very specific time frame, uh, inefficiencies at the ports where the containers come in, um, problems with data sharing and communication between the different parts of the supply chain. It's just an incredibly complex thing. And it's like a chain in that if a link is stretched too thin, it can break. And uh, it's going to take a lot more than just opening the porch 24 hours a day to address it. So what's been the result of the supply chain problems getting this increased attention? And why is this expected to continue? Well, the good thing is, I think, is that it's brought attention among the general public to how all this stuff that they buy actually gets to them, including trucking. 
Um, the bad thing is most supply chain executives expect this is going to drag on for at least a year. And it's become a bit of a political football. Uh, President Biden pledged shortly after he took office early this year that he would take a whole government approach to addressing supply chain issues. But like the economy or oil prices, it's easier to uh, for our president to say they're going to do something about it than actually to be able to really affect it. And we've had groups of state governors, we've had groups of associations uh, in the supply chain demanding that the administration do everything from lowering the age for interstate drivers to relaxing hours of service regulations. Now, I think a lot of fleets would say the driver shortage is one of the top issues of the year. And in fact, it was number one on the American Transportation Research Institute's annual survey of top trucking industry concerns. Does HDT see this as a top trend as well? Um, Absolutely. While it wasn't something we specifically called out as a newsmaker or our runner-up, the fact is that it's a big part of the whole supply chain issue. Um, American Trucking Association says there's a shortage of 80,000 drivers. A lot of truck drivers take issue with those kinds of numbers. Uh, They say the problem really isn't that they aren't paid fairly for the amount of work and hardships and lack of respect that go with the job. Um, But the fact is that it is hard right now for uh, fleets, especially large fleets, uh, to get the drivers that they need. Um, And on top of that, they're having a hard time getting trucks, which because of the supply chain issues. So all of that combines to there's just not as many trucks and drivers available to address the whole supply chain issues. Um, And on driver pay, I recently did a webinar and I'm working on a cover story about rethinking driver pay. And this is something that I think is really interesting that's coming out of this is that you're seeing more fleets uh, look at things beyond just raising the amount of pay per mile. So I'm talking to fleets who have been implementing things like hourly pay, salaries, more paid vacation time, finding ways to do a better job of compensating drivers for all the things they do that go beyond driving, and making those paychecks more consistent and predictable. All right, you mentioned about this is more than just raising per mile rates. Why is it that fleets are doing more than just increasing per mile rates? Have they just finally figured out that they're not alleviating the shortage of drivers through higher pay? Yeah, I think that's it. I think the situation has gotten so difficult for them that they've really had to turn around and be creative. And this isn't entirely new. Some of these fleets have been doing this for the last several years now. Um, But I think, you know, I think you're also looking at part of this whole, uh, what we hear about the great resignation among uh, the general population that Uh, Because of the pandemic, a lot of people are looking at their jobs and their lives and going, you know, um, maybe this job isn't worth what I'm getting paid for it. And I think you're seeing that among some drivers as well. So I think that's also contributing to uh, this, you know, rethinking um, how drivers are paid. And, you know, I think a lot of companies are are really trying to look at, you know, non-pay issues as well about how drivers are treated, uh, finding ways to get them home more often and that kind of thing. Let's look at another area that's a big trend, and that has to do with the future of diesel emissions as well as zero 
emissions for big rigs. Now, you and I have been covering the trucking industry for some 30 years each, and both of us have heard many pronouncements during this time and on many occasions that diesel is dead and it's going to be replaced from everything from natural gas and dimethyl ether to hydrogen and who knows what else. Of course, that never happened. So what's different this time around, Deborah, about diesel? I think we're seeing a number of factors that are pushing um, a drive to zero emissions trucks, um, electric, possibly eventually hydrogen. Um, one is a global push to address climate change. Uh, we're seeing Europe and, and other areas that are uh, passing regulations that are calling for trucks to be uh, zero emissions or to reduce emissions. And truck makers are increasingly global, so what happens in Europe is going to affect how they develop things that may be used in the rest of the world. And we're seeing it here in the States as well. Um, just recently, Oregon and Washington both adopted California's advanced clean truck rules. Um, and New York State also has passed rules to require zero emission vehicles uh, sold in the state to all be zero emissions by 2045. And other states may follow suit. So you've got that regulatory push. And then you've got huge amounts of research and development money being poured into developing the vehicles as well as the charging infrastructure, fueling infrastructure, not only from truck makers, but from some of the big oil companies and hydrogen producing companies and battery companies and all these different companies that would be part of this that are pouring tons and tons of money into it. That's interesting. And that leads me to my next question. So so what is going to ha- end up happening to, to diesel-powered truck engines as well as just internal combustion engines in general? Yeah, that's one thing a lot of our readers have been asking too. I mean, the fact is the entire truck fleet around the world is hardly going to convert to electric overnight, even if by 2030 or 2045, uh, a certain number of trucks are required to be sold that are zero emissions, uh, it's going to take a long time to actually see every truck on the road be electric or hydrogen or other zero emissions technologies. So there's also a lot of work being done to make diesels more green, more environmentally uh, friendly, Uh, especially, uh, for instance, we've got phase two greenhouse gas regulations that are taking effect in 2027. Um, You've got a Volvo who has cited internal combustion engines using sustainable fuels as part of its strategy to get to what it calls a carbon-free future. Um, Already we're seeing adoption of things like renewable diesel on the West Coast. And renewable gas, renewable natural gas has a lot of promise because while it's not quite zero emissions at the tailpipe, when it's made by converting waste from dairy or waste from landfills, that in turn is taking a lot of methane out of the atmosphere, which uh, is another bad greenhouse gas. In fact, some people say it's really worse than CO2. Uh, so when you look at that sort of whole supply, whole chain of the fuel to the vehicle, it actually, uh, California considers it a negative emissions. Uh, so actually even better than zero emissions. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and in fact, we're embarking on a uh, Road to Zero series for the next year that we're going to be digging into some of these issues. Let me throw one question at you. You've looked at trends that you've seen developing in 2021 that you believe are going to be carrying over into 2022 and beyond. 
I'm curious if there's any sort of trend maybe you've seen beginning to emerge that, well, it's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a trend, but it certainly bears watching in the new year. Well, I think one of the big things we've seen covered a lot that doesn't have a lot of immediate effect on fleets is the whole rise of autonomous truck technology. And we recently uh, did a, a HTT Talks Trucking podcast talking about this. You've got some companies saying that they're going to have autonomous trucks available commercially by 2024. Um, others say maybe it may be closer to the end of the decade. Uh, there's another company that's working on an autonomous platooning concept where the lead truck has a driver, the following truck, the driver can sleep while that truck follows. And there's a lot of players in this market right now. Uh, it's hard to tell who's actually going to be successful in, you know, will we really have truly driverless trucks on the road? Will it be uh, sort of an interim step? Um, one company is doing sort of a, taking some of these technologies and turning them into a driver assist kind of thing, sort of a super duper cruise control. So that's one of those fun and interesting things that we'll definitely also be digging into in the next year. That's Deborah Lockridge, Editor-in-Chief with Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine. You can read more about the trucking trends we discussed in their Newsmaker of the Year story on truckinginfo.com and in the December issue of the magazine. And that will do it for Eyes on the Road for 2021. Coming up on our next installment in early January is our annual trucking regulatory preview for the year, when I'll be joined by former Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration Deputy Administrator, now PrePass Consultant Warren Heyman. Until then, you're invited to visit the PrePass website at prepass.com, where you can read blogs about other industry issues, as well as listen to previous episodes of this podcast. You can also follow PrePass on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to keep your eyes on the road.